0: This is the first sort of informal info session we're doing. We're calling it Meet a Student. Today we have Carl Lingia. He's one of our students at Launch School. He is almost wrapping up the back end. Is that right, Carl?
1: Yeah, near the end of, well, prepping for 179 uh, assessment. So still got that to do. And then 180. So yeah, near the end of the back end. Right,
0: near the end of the back end. He's been with us for a while. And um, he has a very, I think, interesting story, perhaps pretty typical, but still interesting nonetheless. And I thought it'd be nice for him to share his story with everybody here. And he was kind enough to agree to it. Um, So we'll just start off with some background and uh, introduction. And for those of you on this webinar, feel free to ask questions along the way in the chat box. Uh, I'll be looking at them. And so I've asked Carl to not respond directly to questions. So what I'll do is I'll Pick out questions uh, here and there and ask them to Carl on your behalf, and he will answer the questions that I ask directly. But feel free to drop notes in there, and any, um, we can take the conversation any directions you guys want to explore, so feel free to just drop notes in there. So, uh, Carl, do you want to maybe just start off with a little bit of introduction and background uh, about sure. yourself?
1: Yeah. So uh, as Chris said, my name's Carl. Um, as you can probably tell from my accent, I'm I'm based in the UK. Um, and uh, I've been at launch school for maybe nine, ten months now, uh, which might seem like quite a long time. But um, I guess there's a particular reason for that, which is the start of my launch school journey. I was, I was working full time and studying at the same time, part time. So progress during that period was maybe a little bit slower. Uh, and I'm now studying full time with, with launch school for the past maybe two months to just over two months yeah
0: yeah do you want to talk about maybe even sort of your initial path to uh, finding programming um sort of taking it way back a little
1: bit yeah way back i've always had like maybe the past kind of seven eight maybe longer years i've had an interest in kind of web development from a a front-end point of view so i've kind of dabbled with HTML and CSS for, for quite a while, um, mainly kind of just kind of helping friends out and, and building.
0: kind of And this was years
1: stuff. ago. This is like over five years ago. Is that right? Yeah, this is a long time ago. So, um, and so what's your of, you background? Know, pro- do
0: you do you have like professional training in in not in programming? I assume
1: no. So, like um, going way back. So my 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 background's in in uh, in the arts. Really. So I, st- I studied a literature degree. Uh, which is was very different, I guess, from programming. But um, that was the original path I was on and had kind of various different jobs in different sectors over the past kind of 10, 15 years. Um, and eventually kind of maybe over the past kind of um, five, five to eight years, worked in areas um, related to to IT, but not necessarily programming. So doing maybe configuration of, of different systems, like SaaS systems, things like that that um, And kind of moving more towards programming and kind of getting more and more interested in it. Until a point where, in my previous job, um, there was was an objective, I guess, to to bring um, web development in house. So we, we had um, like a, a, a Ruby on Rails app that we wanted to bring support for that in house, and that was the main objective behind me learning programming. Um, was was uh, a work. Based objectives. So, this is something that was supported by my my, um, employer at the time. Um, So, that was quite a specific thing, Um, a specific reason that I kind of chose LS as well, because the app was a a Rails.
0: So, initially, it wasn't necessarily to transition career. I think, based on what you're saying, it seems like you were already sort of in a company and doing peripherally technical roles, uh, not software development per se, but. Uh, sort of around the edges of that. There's a lot of roles that are kind of technical, but not necessarily, you know, 100% development. And it sounds yeah. like you were in one of those roles. And um, initially, you you wanted to get into software development to um, maybe transition to a development yeah, exactly. role? Is that right? I wanted to transition. It was within, something within that was... Within the company.
1: And a personal objective for me, I wanted to transition to software development, but also something that um, is an objective for the, the company at the time. They wanted to bring this support for this app in-house. Mm-hmm. Um, and so me, me learning web development or improving my web development skills was, was part of that um, business objective, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, I noticed this a lot uh, in a lot of students where there's this initial exploration phase, right? And that initial exploration phase can last a really long time, months and, and often years, and it sounds like your exploration phase was sort of that that role uh where you were uh in the peripherally technical role and yeah. and the the catalyzing moment, if you will, is sort of when you're you had this project come come in and you say, "Hey, look, I can do this, and I can maybe uh now study to become a uh you know software developer
1: yeah, sure, so there's like an opportunity that presented itself but it in the format of something that i want I kind of wanted to do anyway so um, is something that I, I kind of pushed for, I guess, in a sense. Like, yeah, let's let's do this then because it would be great for me and it would be good for the company as well. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was the driving force. But like you say, it was um, yeah something I've been moving towards over the past few years.
0: I noticed that a lot in terms of how, and, and you've been a very good student at LaunchCon. I think part of the reason is because you had been uh, exploring or dabbling for for years right mm-hmm. beforehand um yeah. so so it's not that um perhaps you had you can say you have zero programming experience but definitely not you know zero experience period
1: yeah right? i think i had that interest but it was always very um so the, the knowledge that i have acquired over the years like the, the front end stuff was very, in a very non structured way mm-hmm. so it's like you know learning a a little bit of html here and some css um you know doing some tutorials online like building a, a website for a friend, something like that. And it was yeah. like really, really not structured. Like I didn't have um, a clear path to follow right. in terms of learning. Right,
0: certainly, yeah. And I think that's that's natural when you learn anything. I think the first phase of learning is always sort of this exploration or play-oriented phase, mm-hmm. right? And, and it's hard to just get into the study, the grind of the studying immediately. Yeah. Um, so, um, and, and I think a lot of people kind of, don't realize that, or uh they realize it, but they 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 sort of forget that part and jump straight to the study, and it becomes overwhelming very quickly right so mm-hmm. I think it's important to understand that there's a there's a first phase there before you get into something like law school, which is really study oriented right where yeah. where we're we're really going to force you to memorize things and and study things it's not um it's the next step if you will it is um yeah and i and I also notice that Uh, Another sort of set of people who do really well at launch school are people who have learned something really to-depth already, like a trained musician or they went to graduate school or something like that, where they understand there's this play phase or explore phase first, but they quickly get through it. They're sort of eager for more structure. They're eager for more sort of studying and learning, right? That's another, I think, profile that does really well at something like launch school, which is, again... More, more rigorous. I think more formal and structured and rigorous. Let me take a step back, Carl, for okay. one second, and and ask you when you were sort of ready to take that step of becoming more serious and, and learning in a more structured way. How did you How did you come across law school? Like that's I think that's a journey that a lot of potential students would be interested in. How did you, you know, evaluate sure. the various training programs, but also perhaps you know the idea of learning on your own. How How was that?
1: OK, so, yeah, I did quite, quite a bit of research, actually. I spent, you know, uh, I'd say yeah, at least a few weeks, maybe even a couple of months researching different options uh, and looking at what was available. And I had certain criteria that I was looking at. and One of them was like, as, as I say, I was working full time at the time. So it had to be a program that allowed me to continue working full time. So it had to be, I guess, self-paced and something that I could do remotely. Um, so Launch School definitely ticked both of those boxes. But I think once I found it as well, I, I just, um, was really um, impressed by just the, the ethos, of, like, the talk of like, uh, well, the curriculum was really deep as well. I thought that was a real plus. Um, and the idea of learning things to that kind of depth, whereas a lot of the other um, other programs I looked at, um, the, when you looked at the curriculum, it didn't really look as it, as if it went to the same level depth. Um, so that's something that, that I was really impressed with. And, um, yeah, they were the main the main factors, really, in making my decision.
0: Yeah, and that's really interesting because it's hard to convey depth, right? So a lot of people convey depth with more topics, which is really not... And I think in the early stages, that's what people look at, right? They say, oh, you have 100 topics, and this program has 50 topics. And so 100 is more depth than 50. But mm-hmm. I actually think that's not how I think about depth, right? Because you can cover more topics... More shallow, right? Yeah. So, and that's not to me depth, like more topics, not depth. Um, the way I think about depth is if I give you a book on anything, let's say Ruby, right, or, or introduction to programming or JavaScript, and I gave it to 10 people, these 10 people will come back with varying degrees of depth in mm-hmm. terms of their um, understanding of the material in the book. So, it is, I think, uh, important to try to think about depth from not the number of topics perspective but how deeply do you get into that one topic right one topic and so that's quite hard to
1: judge when you when you're not familiar with the topics as well exactly. i think you really need to do some research and
0: exactly yeah, it's, do... it's very difficult Just i think to... in the beginning phases right and so mm-hmm. and i believe that is the number one difference between people who force themselves to learn to depth versus people who sort of cover a, you know, wide variety of topics very shallowly. And, and, and so the way we do it is through assessments, of course, right? At launch school, uh, mm-hmm. we, our, our assessments are extraordinarily difficult in that we ask you for an extreme level of precision and depth, and you simply can't pass an assessment if you don't uh, spend the time to memorize and to study and to all, do all these things that uh, is required. We also suffer from this problem in that how do we convey this idea to beginners, um, mm-hmm. Because the the uh, you know what's impressive later on is really not how many topics you know a little bit about, right? But how many topics do you have true mastery of? And and from there, it's almost like if I were to hire somebody, I would want somebody to have full um, competency in a few things, because then I can give them tasks related to those few things, and then build out from there. As opposed to if you say, oh, I know like DDD, building microservices python and, and and Scala and Ruby and JavaScript, but I know no, none of them well right i can't right. give you a task to do um, as an employer, for example so back to your your journey, Carl. I know that when you first came to launch school you didn't necessarily you know you, you i think you like a lot of students in launch school actually right you like the idea of learning to mastery and uh, you like the general philosophy but you know, the buy-in isn't 100%, right? Because there's this mm-hmm. idea of like, well, you know, I, I get the sort of goal here. But for me, you know, I have this other goal that, that I'm just going to navigate around. Can you talk about that a little bit, your mindset yeah, sure. coming in? Like, I like... think
1: it's really natural to, um, like you say, I, you know, I was really uh, interested in the idea of learning things to depth and to, to mastery. But I still had this idea in the back of my mind, I guess, that, um, okay, I want to do this this program in a certain amount of time. I guess I had some outside pressures as well. There, um, one of them was that my employer time was funding the program, and they agreed a certain amount of funding. Like I think it was a year, so I was mm-hmm. like in my head, I was like, well, I've got to complete this in a year. And then once you've got that overall time scale, you kind of break that down and go, okay, so I've got to do this portion in a month, then another month for this, and another month for this bit. And you you start putting time-based um, goals on 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 completion of different parts. Mm-hmm um so i think that's almost kind of hinders um the, the learning and it's to, to master in a way because you you kind of like right I, I need to finish this by the end of the week or i need to finish this by the end of the month so you maybe don't go as deep as you feel you need to in certain topics if if you haven't got that um time-based pressure you you maybe kind of reread something or go deep hmm. Into a subject around it and do some more exploration, try things out, or, or you know, maybe go back and repeat a certain bit of learning just to, to drill it in a bit more, right? Um, yeah, and I didn't have that, I don't think I had that at the start. I had this kind of idea that right, I need to I finish this bit, I'm going to go on to the next part, and then I'm going to move through in this very kind of ordered fashion. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, it's funny because when people, one of the things, as you said, that attracts people to launch school is the number of topics that we have right so if you look at how many courses we have you're just like wow this is amazing right and we're a very old mm-hmm. program so launch school's uh not launch school the manifestation is new but w- we've been doing this for over you know 4 years now and so we have a lot of content we didn't just wake up yesterday and say hey let's let's build a training program and create you know lots of content this has been under production for years and years and years So we don't lack for content. So when people Mm -hmm. come, they say, oh, this is great. I get to learn all these things. However, as you just said, it is uh, very detrimental in the early stages to count the number of topics you want to learn and then try to backfill it in a time frame. Yeah. Um, Because all of a sudden, (laughs) your first month in, you're saying, I'm not able to get through this content in one month. Uh, I will not finish, you know, uh, according to my pace in the time frame that I've allotted. Um, so I think that is... And then you feel like you getting
1: behind and that adds more pressure.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: So it exactly, yeah. takes learning.
0: <laughs> right. One month in, already you're uh-huh. right behind. <laughs> that's what it feels like, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's extremely detrimental. brings a lot of anxiety. Um, and that's probably the number one issue that I see with regard to uh, learning to mastery, right, is this idea of time-based pressure, time-based anxiety that everybody has. So, and I think mm-hmm. that's the hardest thing to overcome. I think a lot of people don't, right? A lot of people don't overcome it. So how do you, and, and you were one of the people that I think, um, as I talked to and worked with you for the last several months, uh, I've noticed this shift in yeah. the way that you approach learning, the way that you're approaching things. Can you talk about that, you know, transition uh, in, yeah. in the way you're thinking about things?
1: So I think there were there were a few different elements um, to that kind of change in thinking. Uh, one of them was um, so uh, one day in Slack, I think, I think it might have been you that recommended the the, the Mastery by George Ellis book uh, to read. Um, so I, I got that and read that book, and I think that's actually recommended in the prep course now. It's actually mm-hmm. part of the course. So yeah, when I first started, that wasn't in the prep course. So I kind of read that maybe part way through um, my law school journey. Uh, and that's, that's a great book that really explains things in detail in terms of what a mastery-based approach is, which I kind of like, I had this idea of what it was, but it was a little bit fuzzy. So that really opened my eyes, I think. The um, a, a second part of it was um, kind of my objectives changed as well. So um, for various reasons, um, I, I kind of started studying full-time, like I left my job, um, and but wanted to continue with launch school. Um, so that kind of immediately removed uh, an outside pressure, which was this time-based thing that I had to finish within a year. So, um, so that was, I and mean, that was quite a big decision as well. Uh, I spent a little while thinking about what I wanted to do with that, but ultimately I decided I wanted to continue with the pro- program and um, put things in place so that I can continue. That that was part of the shift as well. That that was my main focus now that I wanted to study at law school and focus on that. And I didn't have a particular time frame that I needed to do with it. So. Um, That was a big part of the shift, I think.
0: Yeah, that's right. And now that might introduce the other piece, the other part of the the pressure that I see in a lot of students. One is time, the other is finances, right? Mm. So if you left your job and and, and all that, um, uh, what I usually recommend to people is you you have to make sure that you, you have the finances, right? To live, mm-hmm, sure. right? To pay your rent, obviously, pay your tuition at launch school and not feel financial pressure, right? And so mm-hmm. a lot of people say, well, look, I got, you know, I can't just do this forever. And so I totally understand that. But you have to address that, right? So launch school, what I usually say is, is is in the long term investment bucket, right? You, you it, It's not, we're not asking to do anything unnatural, right? But it has yeah. to be, you have to be sustainable. The number one, success factor at launch school to be successful at launch school is consistency and how do you work consistently is stability right so both from to have stability in your life you have to remove anxiety and stress right so time yeah. stress anxiety
1: financial stress and anxiety so yeah, there's all these outside pressures that like the, yeah. the more you can minimize them the, the the better you're going to be able to learn i think because definitely otherwise that those, those kind of things are all on your mind, and you like when you study anything, right? right? I need to, I need to do this by the end of the day. Then, like all these time pressures come in, right, and then.
0: right. And that's what I see all the time. It's usually not like technical problems we can easily address. We'll say, hey, you know, it looks like you're having a problem here. Do some exercises on this, or read this book on this topic. I think it's really good. It'll help you. And usually, what you hear is some resistance. Some people say, well, why am I going to read that book? It's going to cost me another month to do that. I say, yeah, but you're going to know it so much better, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's sort of like, if you really want to learn this well, you know, as a, as a coach or as a mentor or as an instructor, right. I I really want you to learn it well, you should, you should, you know, go and consume that content. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, there's a little bit of friction whenever you have the, this financial or time pressure, right. Like, sure. like I'm, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, and I think to some degree, people are kind of looking for this end to end program with a magical transformation, right. And yeah. <laughs> not realizing that really skills is what you're trying to get right and so if it is to do 100 exercises or read a book you know that's that's the right thing to do if you care about developing your skills
1: um, yeah so. absolutely and i think that like the wrong way to approach a program like this is to to treat it as a, a tick box exercise so like you've got all these lessons and like when you finish one it's like you get a little technique to saying it's done but that's not that shouldn't be the aim like you, your aim shouldn't be to like Right, get through these and get all the t- the, the green ticks on the, on the right-hand side. Mm-hmm. It should be about what the journey is and what you're learning within those lessons. Right, and yeah. Not managing getting the tick. It's, yeah, uh... and I think that's the biggest difference between
0: a mastery-focused learning environment versus a time-based one or a credential-based one, right? Is that in uh, in a credential-based one, like high school or college, it's almost normal to ask like what's the easiest way around this because the artifact at the end of that program is a diploma right or a gpa Mm -hmm. and so you don't want a low gpa you're still getting the diploma so it's almost normal to say which professors are difficult or which courses are difficult let me just kind of you know navigate myself around them so that i can still have a high gpa at the end of the day that's what i'm taking to get a job law school doesn't issue diplomas at the end of the day, the artifact you're going to take out of law school is a skill set, is knowledge. And that's what you're going to present to employers. So, you, you know, here at law school, we, we don't want you to avoid difficult problems, right? I get emails sometimes saying, hey, what, 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 do I really have to do this? It's kind of hard. And, and so <laughs> the question behind the question is almost like, can I finish without doing the hard problems? So the answer yeah. is yes, but the goal is not finishing, right? The goal sure. is to improve yourself and get better. That's the key. So you have to almost think about this differently. Uh, in a mastery-based environment, then, then you would approach, you know, a credential-based environment or a uh, time-based teaching environment where you're just trying to get through as opposed to learning, right? That's the key. Awesome. I, and I feel like there's not many programs that focus on mastery. The analogous company or, or program I usually think about is something like a um, like a karate or a taekwondo place where you're mm-hmm. trying to get a black belt. Like that's the goal, getting a black belt. Um, yeah. so it's not, you wouldn't walk in a door and say, can I get a black belt in? Or you say, can I get a black belt? And the answer is, yeah, sure. Well, I have three months. It's like, well, yeah. then in that case, maybe not. Yeah, right. right. And, and you wouldn't ask the question of, do I really have to jump on that? If you say, mm-hmm. well, you have to, you know, you're, you're trying to get a black belt. You're trying to impress the judges. You're trying to uh, pass these really rigorous and difficult examinations. Um, and also there's a competition that you want to win. There's maybe a, 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 a match right? That you're going to participate in. I I think when you think of this as a match, right? Later on, you wouldn't say, do I have to do this? Because you say, well, I'm going to lose the match, right? And in a similar way, getting a job is is a competitive match. That's the mindset. That's the mental model I think people should have. It's not, you get stamped as, you know, qualified at the end, you get a stamp and then you present the stamp to an employer and that's how you're going to get a job. That's not it. Right. It is a competitive match, competitive process at the end here. And you're competing against other really, really top candidates for the top jobs. So, you know, you never want to say, can I avoid this difficult problem?
1: Yeah. Um, I'd I'd go even further than that as well, actually. You know, it's like getting the job is kind of a first step almost, mm -hmm. you know, after finishing the program. It's like you then keep moving forward. And the way you do that is by, you know, continually improving your skills and you carry on learning. And I think one of the things that I've, I've learned in this program is, it's not just about learning the syntax and, and, and the, the content um, about programming, but also kind of learning how to learn as well, like improving study habits. Um, and by, you know, by spending the time to do that, that, that kind of stays with you then um, right. moving forward.
0: Right. Exactly. I think I think that's exactly right. It's not even uh, the goal here isn't to sneak in the back door, you know, hack the interview process or something like that. It's just to be a good programmer, period, Mm -hmm. Um, because you're not going to enjoy your day to day work if deep down inside, you know, that you don't know what's going on. But somehow you were able to, you know, get through the get through the interview, uh, get through, get into the company through the back door. You know, your colleagues are going to (laughs) detect that immediately and you're not going to enjoy work. A very important key attribute to keep in mind that the goal here. Yeah, you're right. It's not even a job. It's a career, right? You're going to grow in your career. How are you going to do that? It's not, there's no trick here, right? There's no magic trick. It it just takes one, one foot in front of the other over a long period of time. Yeah. Um, Great. So i got a few questions here, Carl. So one says, how long have you been at launch school and how far are you in the curriculum? I think we already talked about this. Do you want to just kind of say real quick?
1: Kind of covered. Uh, yes, like about nine, nine to ten months now, I guess. Uh I'm just kind of near the end of the back end portion, just pre- um, prepping for one seven nine assessment.
0: Right, and I think that might be interesting for people to realize nine to ten months, yeah, and you're less than halfway
1: through. Sure. Yeah. I suppose the context around that is like for a lot of that I was working full time, so maybe right. I would, well, I would imagine I would have moved quicker if I'd been studying full time for the whole,
0: right, the whole. And that's shocking for, I think, sometimes for people to hear. It's like, oh my gosh, nine to 10 months and you're less, you know, you're, you're, I I would say you're around one third, maybe just under one third of the way through. And I think for some people that's a little bit, you know, jarring. But I think one thing to realize is where are we going, right? So learning the program is not a fixed bar that every program goes to. We're climbing an extremely high mountain because people, Claim at least, right? They they want they they want a great job at the end, right? They want a career mm-hmm. at the end, c- c- career preparation. It's a long journey, right? People get yeah. you know, programmers get paid a lot of money for a reason. It's not. I think most people can do it. Most people have the intellectual capacity to do it. What's missing is really this patience of learning things well, right? That's really yeah. what's missing from most people.
1: I think I've been spending more time where where I feel it's beneficial, like. Uh, with 170, for example, I've kind of gone almost gone through it twice the material because I found that sometimes when you like when you first move through um, yeah. some some content and um, and then you reread it again a second time it, you understand it in a different and and much clearer way. Um, so you know sometimes it's beneficial to kind of right. almost go through some of the material twice. I shouldn't be afraid to to go back. I don't think to clarify right concepts and ideas.
0: Absolutely, and I feel like this is the key between people who know how to learn versus people who are just trying to get through. I talk to students all day, every day, and I see their assessments. And what I see on on the performance on the assessments is not necessarily prior experience, but it's how people approach learning, how serious they are. So, for example, just the other day, I talked to somebody who aced one of the assessments and she had no prior programming background um, Mm -hmm. previously from launch school. And I asked her how she was able to do this. And she said, well, I did the course three times right? I read the book three times and I took notes. And then I took a break because she had some personal issues going on. And then she came back, read the book again, took notes again, as if it was approaching it for the first time. And so it's that level of seriousness, right? And that is the difference, right? Study habits is the difference. Like I said, I can give 10 people a book to read and then give these 10 people an assessment and you know, you can expect that some people get A's and some people get B's and some people get C's. Basically, what we're doing is we're holding the bar at an A, right? We're saying you, yeah. you cannot move forward unless you get an A. And if you get a B or you get a C, we'll give you some feedback. We'll say, hey, it looks like, you know, you're strong here and weak there and you should do this and that. So there, I, I feel like that's, that's really it um, in terms of what we do. There's really nothing more magical than that. We force you to study. got another question here, Carl. How many hours do you spend on
1: launch school per week? Okay, so um, when I first started, I was, as I say, I was working full-time. So I was spending probably about between 10 and 15 hours. Um, and then over the past couple of months since I've been studying full-time, it's probably kind of somewhere between 15 and 25 hours a week. Um, yeah. Maybe for the past couple of weeks, I've not quite been hitting that. But yeah, it's usually around, around that.
0: Yeah, that sounds pretty good. I would say I usually recommend around that less than 10 hours a week. I almost think that you should do exercises just to keep fresh. Instead mm-hmm. of trying to make progress, if it's less than 10 hours, then just keep fresh. That's it. Uh, here's another question. I admire your your journey so far. Any tips for those of us thinking about starting?
1: Um, I'd say um, one of the most important things is to, to be consistent. So um, I, I guess everyone's circumstances will be different. Like Some people will be studying full time. Some some people might be studying part-time but the consistency is the key so have like a, a set um set hours that you will see like maybe that'll be kind of you know first thing in the morning for like three or four hours that that that's your fixed time every day that you you study your your material and stick to that every day like don't try and don't try and just fit things in around uh, the rest of your life like commit to doing like a certain number of hours every week and, and kind of try and stick to that as much as possible. Yeah, uh, and stick to schedule.
0: That's really good. I, I and I have a tip here for people uh, is that have a default study calendar. And I, I think if if let's say you work normally nine to five Monday through Friday, if somebody sent you a text and said, "Hey, let's go see a movie at two p.m. on a Tuesday," you might say, "Are you you know crazy? Why are you inviting me to a movie uh, during my workday?" Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I I think you have to have a similar study schedule where the default task is studying. And if somebody were to send you a text, you your response is, are you crazy? Uh, you know, this is my study time, right? That should be the response. If you're always having to make a choice, right? If 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 you're working and you set aside study time from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. every day, but if every time somebody asks you, do you want to see a movie? Do you want to go out to eat? You know, do you want to watch Game of Thrones or something like that? And no. the, there's a decision point to make in your head. At some point, you're 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 gonna lose, right? You're you're gonna uh, sure. maybe one day you'll say, yeah, I'll I'll study. That's good. Yeah. Next Especially day you'll if say, you're
1: you're kind of struggling at that point with with some material and you, know, you don't quite understand it. and it's like, oh, this is hard. Okay, I'm gonna go to to see a movie. Like right, yeah, exactly. Get this. I'll do it
0: tomorrow. And that's the key part. Right. When things get hard, is when you got to dig down, right? When you have to dig yeah. deep and and focus. So it's very easy, you're right. To if you would never say, "Yeah, I'll leave work to watch a movie at 2 p.m." But you know, if it's 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. on a weekday, you might say, "Yeah, okay, you know, I can put this off." So have a default calendar that you cannot compromise on. Definitely build in time for leisure activity. Don't burn out. Consistency is key. Not um, maximum maximum effort. Maximum effort is not key, right? Because that you know, by definition of the word maximum. Uh, it means you're you're at your boundary, and that's not that's not sustainable. Don't don't max yourself out. There's no. It's like if you're climbing a very high high mountain, sprinting for a while is not really going to help you in the long run. Right. So one foot in front of the other, one foot in in front of the other. Build in time for rest.
1: Yeah, pacing yourself is really important. I think. Right. Um, exactly. And keeping yeah, keeping keeping it consistent. Uh, Another thing I'd say that, that I've already mentioned is don't don't be afraid to go back over material. Don't think that's failure like that, you know, it's it's part of it's part of the process so like okay. when you can get to the end of the topic Maybe go back and start reread it because like I said before it can you might understand it differently if you more um, in, in a clearer way
0: Okay, um, and then I'll probably end it here with this last question is how confident are you in the launch school program? Uh, will it adequately, do you feel it will adequately prepare you for a job afterwards?
1: Yeah, I think I'm pretty confident that that's going uh, to prepare me, like probably even over prepare me. I, I guess you need to maybe contextualize um, like what people understand by a job, right? Because, you know, I could probably go out and get a job tomorrow, right? So, but it might not be the job that I want. I think. I think we talked about this before, where you know it's this kind of like the bars quite low in terms of entry level, right? So, um, you know, a lot of people could could do part of the course and go out and get a job, but that's not really what what I'm aiming for, I guess. I want to, you know, I want to be in a position where I can maybe kind of pick and choose what what jobs I want to do, um, and have, have um, yeah have more control over that. Um, yeah, which I think is is kind of what what this journey is moving towards, that kind of being. A well-rounded and and um, yeah, good quality developer,
0: right? Yeah, absolutely. I think two thoughts here. One is you don't have to wait till the end, right? Uh, as you're sort of going through this journey, you should feel yourself getting more and more proficient in the material. And it's very, very common for people to get jobs throughout the program. This is why mm-hmm. getting a job is really uninteresting in, in our field, because as you as you alluded to, a job is not a bar right it's not like being a medical doctor where at least in, in the united states there's a very strict bar for you know one in one second you're not an md the next second you are an md um you're licensed to some degree in programming there is no such thing right you can read a book and call yourself a programmer and maybe even get a job uh, you know uh, not a great one doing some uh light programming the the idea at, at launch school is not that right the idea is definitely to aim for a very very high uh high end job and as you said uh get you to a place where you can pick and choose and and the the journey to that place is looks very different from the journey to a low end job you might say well it's 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 linear right uh the the journey to a low end job is on the way it's actually not and the way to think about this is preparation. What do you do your first few months if you know that you have this really long journey to go on? You prepare. You prepare very rigorously. And you don't, you know, you might just um, doing like stretching and things like that. You wouldn't even, going back to sort of the karate analogy, right? You wouldn't even do any combat, just Mm -hmm. stretching and maybe getting in shape because you know that this journey is going to be a multi-year journey. But if you say, well, you know, I, I have this thing, this low end goal. I'm not trying to be like a black belt or anything. I just want to go and compete with this this match over here. That's all. That's all I care about. You know, and I have three months. I almost think that's a completely different journey. Sure. Right? That's a different thing. You wouldn't spend two months, you know, stretching and getting in shape. You, you just, you know, do the best you can and go towards that direction. Right. So I think for launch, if you're, if you're interested in launch, I think it's really important to understand that. Um, and understand that the journey to a low end job is different from a lear- journey to a high end job. They're not necessarily on the same path. The preparation is very, very different, and so you're going to feel it. I think it's I think it's hard, right? It's hard to get there. I think that's it for today. Thanks for taking the time, Carl. No if problem. if anybody on the webinar here has any follow up questions, I know I didn't get to a lot of the questions. Sorry about that. Some of the questions were not related to Carl specifically. Uh, Feel free to email uh, hello at launchschool.com. We reply to every email. So if you have any questions like that, definitely uh, email in, uh, especially pertaining to your specific situation. Hopefully this was helpful. Um, And uh, if it was, maybe we'll do more of these.
1: So thanks a lot, Carl. Okay, thanks, guys. Have a good day, everybody.